0: how you doing? I am doing wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. The Thanksgiving break was exemplary for me. Uh, My tradition, uh, my family's tradition continued. We watched the Lions lose and then directly afterwards we ate dinner um, and I was given an early Christmas gift. Matt, Patricia, and Bob Quinn were fired and we sang hallelujah, praise, hallelujah, for, he's gone. He was awful. No one really respected him. He's just a hard nosed. He was not Detroit. Like Detroit, he was so east Co- Like Patricia was so east code like elite. Like I remember there was a story from last year where there was a reporter, like I guess slouching, and he yelled at the reporter to like sit up straight. That's not Detroit. And I'm so glad that Patricia is gone, and we can just start anew even though it is like again it's like a three four year occurrence in Detroit is you know you get a new coach you get a little excited maybe you're a little frisky and then you go back into the rebuild yeah and that
1: that rebuild begins again and so I'm just kind of curious
0: what what's what is the start of this next rebuild going to look like what what it's it's going to be one of two things um and I'm torn on which one I want it's either gonna be this is the last time that we try and re- rebuild with Matthew Stafford, who I still do believe in. Uh, I don't think he's a. I don't think anybody has ever really said he's a bad quarterback. And I think that people now are also kind of realizing that I you can't I can't say with certainty that he's not a quarterback you can win a Super Bowl with. Like I can't say that for certain. Um, I, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Aaron Rodgers, but. I think he's really, really, really good. And I think he can win a Super Bowl around him, but he needs help. And like any other team he needs help. I want to build around him. I want to, I mean, we have a good offensive line, which is one of the, like, the first times ever we've had a good offensive line and he, he just needs weapons and we need a defense. Um, the thing that stinks is I, I don't even know. I don't know if I talked about this on this, but, our first round pick, Jeff Okuda, third overall pick. Um, I'm ready to, I'm ready to declare him a bust. I'm very, very, I'm ready to declare him a bust. I went back over the last 10 years and I went through all of the first round cornerbacks. He uh, Okuda was the highest picked defensive back. in, I forget when long time, very long time. He was drafted third overall. Um, And every first round pick that was a cornerback over the last decade, that's been picked. You knew right away. You knew right away, right off the bat, like this guy's a stud. And I mean, that's whether it was Patrick Peterson, whether it was uh, uh, Marlon Humphreys, whether it was Tre'Davious White. I mean, you go through over the last decade, and you go through the cornerbacks. Like there are guys that'll go, yeah, he had it. Yeah, he had it. Denzel Ward, right away, like he's got it. Like he's good. We're good. And because Okuda didn't have that, he falls unfortunately into the other category, which is bust. Because you look at the other guys, Morris Claiborne didn't have it, Dee Milner didn't have it, Justin Gilbert didn't have it. It's unfortunately, and it's I'm making it simple, more simple than it actually is. But it seemed as though over the last decade, it's been kind of a binary thing: either you got it or you don't. And I can I don't he doesn't have it right away, so that hurts. You waste a third overall pick on an uh, average cornerback. That's not good. That's not good at all. You get set back for a long time when you do that. And that brings me to the second thing: Do you trade Stafford? He's got a contract that it might be difficult to deal him. There's a couple places that might. um, Do you trade him to, to Denver? Do you trade him to San Francisco? Um, If I can, I've decided if I can get a first round pick, if I can get a first round pick for him and a haul of second and third picks, I could be talked into the rebuild, even though I don't want to, because it is so hard. Like Stafford's the greatest quarterback the Lions have ever had. Like stop, end sentence. And he's like 32. So I don't really know. I want to keep Stafford. I want to build through Stafford, but uh, some the Lions will screw it up. Whatever they do, the Lions will screw it up. And and if you do trade Stafford, then who's who would you want to be the next quarterback for the Lions? I can't say right now, just because it's no. I mean, I, it's nobody this year. There's. We're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. We're not going to get Justin Fields. So I don't want a quarterback this year. It's, I think that's it's just stop, end of sentence. Because now, I mean, what we've learned is, yet yeah, you can get lucky with a Deshaun Watson and a Patrick Mahomes. That happened twice in the same year, and people think that it happens more often. If you look back, like, quarterbacks that aren't really, like, these top five picks, they're not awesome. Like, more times than not, they're not great, like, at all. Because and that's the same thing in my eyes with the um, with the cornerback thing I was just saying, a lot of them either like teams that have the number almost always need a quarterback almost always unless they're like quarterback got hurt last year and that's why they got the number one overall pick but they need quarterbacks so they're desperate for quarterbacks you need a good quarterback so that like that whole recipe results in people reach for quarterbacks so a guy that like. Hey, he might be the seventh best player in this draft, but he's a quarterback. So we're going to take him number one overall. Okay. Now there's 14, like you drafted them fifth overall. There's four teams that said that's even too much of a reach for me. There's more better things. And it's just, I never really trust it. So if we got rid of Stafford this year, I mean, I have no idea who the quarterbacks coming up are. I don't know if there's a great quarterback next year. I mean, there's certainly not a Trevor Lawrence. Uh, There's certainly not a Justin Fields. I don't know. I have no idea.
1: It's such such a tough question. With the way that the team looks right now, if you keep Stafford for that rebuild – what do you think you go after with this next draft then? what What is the glaring, um, I guess, hole that you would need to go after and fill in order to give Stafford something and give that team something to be able to start the rebuild off on the right foot?
0: Um, there's two things. He needs a weapon. Um, I mean, I just hope to God that the Lions re-sign Kenny Galladay, their stud wide receiver. I don't know. There have been rumblings that Patricia and Bob Quinn like weren't gonna pay him. Like pay him his damn money. He's really good. And we've seen this year, like the team when he's been hurt this year has been horrific. The team when he's been playing, not bad. Like not good. Like but like a seven and nine team versus like the two or thirteen and third or three and thirteen team that he is when he's not on the field. So I I'd like to get him some help as a weapon, but our pass rush stinks and that might be one of the reasons why like if Okuda and people are playing so poorly is sometimes the best pass defense is a pass rush if you have to like speed the quarterback up that helps a lot look at the Browns like that pass rush is unreal look at the Washington look at uh, the Washington football team their cornerbacks and safeties are not awesome but that pass rush is unreal. So it just makes things easier. So I'd say pass rush or a wide receiver. And it, I mean, it feels good to say for the first time in forever, it's not the offensive line, which is awesome.
1: It's good. I mean, that Stafford's had, it's good that Stafford's not getting beat up. And like we kind of talked about earlier, you can see what happens to a quarterback when they get, consistently beat up and unfortunately this year Joe Burrow goes down and of course ACL injuries like that are usually the product of a freak movement with your leg when you're getting hit because obviously it would be you know a lot more often and there are quarterbacks that take a lot of hits that you know don't have injuries like that but um you see what happens to a young quarterback or any quarterback in general that just gets beat up on and you and I kind of talked about just what a what a shitty place for Joe Burrow to land. Where I think you almost used the word him getting hurt was inevitable because he's taking a ridic he was taking a ridiculous amount of hits, and it just sucks to see a quarterback like him um, go down in the way that he did because he doesn't have a line to protect him. And and for- fortunately Stafford now has that, but it sucks for somebody like Joe Burrow who was having such an exciting rookie season to go down like that and. It's it's kind of a direct product of him not having anything in front of him.
0: Yeah, and that's, again, not having that offensive line and QB sync up is a recipe, a recipe to get your coach fired. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. And, I mean, that's kind of what happened with Patricia. He got fired. And the recipe for getting a coach fired um, has come up in these last 24 hours because on the day that Patricia was fired, there was uh, this account, Eddie P. Uh, Lions fan, I believe his was his Twitter hand, handle. Um, and he was just this, he'd only tweet a couple times, and this was early in the season. He only really followed Lions players and a couple of Patriots um, players and, and stuff like that. And his uh, bio said, father of three, you know, Lions fan tech, Tech guy, you know, or a fan of tech rocket. I don't know, something about along those lines. And this really, really looked like, and especially with the things that he was commenting, things that he was posting, the days in which he posted, people were like, This has got to be Matt Patricia's burner account. It's got to be. And you look at me and you go, Holy smokes. It's, I mean, it has to be. I mean, because it's um, Matthew Edward Patricia. So Eddie P, like it's pretty easy, father of three, tech guy, all this stuff. And then it came out today and looking back on it, it it does make sense. There was this guy who he was fascinated with the 76ers GM. Uh, And he was fascinated with that burner account. And he's fascinated with people having burner accounts. So he thought how, like, could I recreate this? Could I get people to think, like, can I manufacture a quote-unquote burner account? So what he did is he, before the season, he thought up of coaches that were, you know, a certain formula. And the formula was, like, you know, not a very, you know, well-liked coach in that city. Um, You know, thoughts of, like, have they lost, or, like, could he potentially be fired? And then little clues that he could do. And he stumbled and he decided on Matt Patricia. So he made the account and he made it so, like, obviously, like, it would be somebody who doesn't really get the internet. And that would be Matt Patricia. Like, he doesn't get the internet. He's a football coach. So he makes these things that, like, somebody would think that they're clever. And he posts and he follows and he manufactured this. And it got picked up by a bunch of news outlets this past week. And finally today in the Detroit Free Press, it came out, it's this 20-year-old guy from Utah, and he's a lot, he's a Rams fan. He's just like, I just wanted to see if I could manufacture this. And I think that is fascinating. Oh, it's so cool, especially how it worked all according to his plan.
1: Absolutely, Ben. Burner accounts as a concept are just fascinating, and it's it's really something that whether you know you see it sometimes with i think there's been some with politicians but you see it with sports stars and it really just sends everyone into a frenzy because i mean sports figures are some of the most criticized people on the planet and so it makes sense that occasionally one of them might just feel might just feel the need to defend themselves but it really is a terrible look when an athlete takes to social media and unless it's something that they're getting harassed for or something unreasonable that they're being criticized for. But if it's just the general, if it's just the general, you know, you suck and and things like that and criticizing their performance, it's not really the best look for them to take to social media and just go on rants to trying to defend themselves. So a burner account is, it's kind of a natural little bit of an outlet and it really is like when, when it gets, when there's signs that you can connect one of these accounts to an athlete, it really just, everybody just goes nuts for it because it's hilarious. And I think it's just something that everybody wants to be true. And for somebody to vehemently deny them like the 76ers GM, Well, he actually didn't really deny it. He blamed his wife for it because there were five accounts. That was a huge story, tracking down each of those accounts. And um, he eventually, he just kind of blamed his wife for it. Um, And I think she did run some of them, but that was a ginormous story. But it's also, it really is something when an athlete owns up to it like like GD did because – creating a burner account is kind of, and getting it like leaked is kind of an embarrassing thing. But with KD just owning up to it and saying, yeah, it's kind of fun. That really is the best defense because if you're caught and you just get, you know, almost caught with your pants down, um, you're just going to get roasted. You're going to get absolutely roasted. Um, But KD took a pretty unique approach, I feel like, in just owning it. And, And that's pretty you know, that, that was pretty interesting to see him do
0: that. I mean, yes, it was. I'm reading right now. And I guess I've heard him say, and I I listened to this interview, but it's different when you sit down and you read it because now it's resonating with me. And again, like you said, these guys are the most criticized people on the planet. And when you have your life in a public figure such as this, it's, I don't know for me like unconsciously you forget that these are people too like these aren't just these deities these aren't these just men like this is a person all right the internet is so widespread now and like stuff that 10 years ago would be for like computer nerds that's incredibly mainstream like incredibly mainstream so what's one thing that like normal quote-unquote normal people do they do exactly what we've done is like they will join quasi communities online They'll like again, like you can be involved. You'll talk to people. You'll make comments. There's like little circles or whatever. And in this, what you know, KD, when this interview, that he said that he was like, "Yeah, I had a lot of these burners." And you know, the ones you think like, you know, the you know, I'm here to talk shit. I talk to the fence. Like that's not all I did. I like was in communities. Like I would be involved in things. Like I can't do that. I'm. I'm Kevin. He didn't say this exact words, but. He's like, I'm Kevin Durant. Like, Kevin Durant comes into something, it becomes all about me, and I just can't be a normal guy. And he says, you know, Alex Rodriguez in the interview said, I feel like almost every athlete has a burner. And Durant says, I have a burner. I have a burner Twitter account still. See, when people used to use that burner thing against me, they thought I was over here just talking shit. But I was really indulging a lot of different communities on my burner. So when I deleted it, I was like, what the? these people really made me delete what I enjoy, which is my burner account. So I got another one just to kind of do my own thing on the side. That is the most normal thing I've ever heard in my life. Like that is so normal how he's just like, just for like a little bit, like I'd like to enjoy this thing that everybody else gets to enjoy. And like, yeah, he's like, yeah, of course there's these bad parts of it. Like you get, there's all this shit talk and all this, that, and the other, but Like I get to go like, you know, what if he's like, yeah, now I get to go comment on like NHL talk. Like I can go to a, like a Chelsea, like message board. And I, you know, like that's what he gets to do.
1: It is fascinating. And that's a good thing. Like your comment about how these aren't deities, Uh, they are normal people and they want to interact with people, but you're right. When somebody, when uh, such a high profile athlete makes a comment on anything, really it becomes a thing or it becomes them endorsing this. It becomes them um, possibly criticizing other athletes or whatever it may be. Um, And so there are so many opinions and takes and just thoughts that athletes really, really can't put out there. Because they have to always consistently be cognizant of um, endorsing something or criticizing something. But if you have a burner account, you're free to do that, and you're free to just have normal you're free to make criticisms. you're free to have give opinions on things without it being Kevin Durant's opinion. It's just you know, it's just laker's fan four three seven four's opinion. and it's not only the idea to criticize, but it's super humanizing the idea of just being able to have a conversation with other people. Because like you said, if somebody found out that, oh, this was Kevin Durant's account on this message board, um, then everybody is talking to you as Kevin Durant. And at the end of the day, like you said, they are people and they are sports fans and they just want to, you know, there's sometimes where you just want to be able to talk as a sports fan without being Kevin Durant talking about sports you're just a sports fan talking about sports
0: no and exactly and this is something I think we were I think we were kind of right around it we were surrounding the idea but and it's something you know more than anybody is he wants to turn off his brand sometimes he wants to turn off being KD and he wants to be Kevin and again that's he has every right to do that. And there is something when you are this this famous and this powerful people, when like you don't talk and then, but people will talk, still be talking about you. Like that's powerful. Now, when you're somebody who doesn't really talk or whatever, but people are talking about you. And now all of a sudden you start talking that fuels the fire even more. And every, now people are talking about what you're doing, what you're saying. And it, is it fair? No. Is it probably difficult yeah does it come with some perks of course it does like i have like people like the kardashians like every now and again they snap a little bit i'm like oh that's like you're allowed to snap a little bit like i don't have a lot of sympathy for you you've like it's a little different of a situation because you know they kind of done it to themselves where kd is just like hey i'm playing basketball kind of comes with the territory they're allowed to snap like they're human beings burners are just like they're fascinating and they're they're always so weird because like what constitutes a burner like if somebody's playing like they have a like a random person has like an account where they go just be a troll that's a burner is it not yeah i would say so so like i don't know i think people misconstrue that i think that's what people might misconstrue is like when you or I have a burner, by you and I mean normal people, not you and me personally, they're kind of doing like they're kind of a menace to society with their burner. They're like doing bad things. KD and these guys like they probably just do like normal things <laughs> with their burner. Like they're gonna go comment on like again the NBA is gonna post something and he's gonna like post with man y'all are giving like y'all are harping on KD too much like anybody would say that like (laughs) hey like kd's a fan of kd as he should be so he's gonna want to find the guy that he likes i don't know it's just so funny that like boiling it down it's like these famous people having burners it's just like in my mind it's just them they just want to be normal in a way
1: yeah i agree it's just it's just a fascinating concept like it really is because like I said, it just sends everybody into a frenzy and it's just a huge news story. And, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like you're right. I think people like you and me, if we have a burner, uh, we may be up to no good because I would almost consider like the average burner is kind of like a troll account. Um, and it might be to, some people use a burner to hide you know, to hide like uh, some pretty unsavory opinions or um, just really being super offensive or things that they wouldn't want their friends or their uh, work to see. But like you said, if it's if it's an athlete, most of the time it, it's just them being a sports fan and, and trying to like stick up for themselves. And I just think that that's like super interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, how many times do we see like, Like, I think LeBron James is very guilty of it. Like, very, very guilty of it. And he likes it. He enjoys it. But how many times during a sporting event? Like, it does not matter to the sporting event. But if LeBron James tweets about it, that tweet will go up on that TV. Good, bad, what it will go up on that TV. What if KD just wants to tweet? Like, what if he wants to – like, what if KD – like, KD is so big, and it helps and hurts him, but – what if he wanted to tweet like Pat McAfee tweeted, like just all the time, you know, what, what if he wanted to do that? Like people would, you know, people then would start to criticize him because you don't see these mega, mega, mega stars being these social, you always see like the secondary stars, like no offense to Juju Smith, Schuster, but he's not DeAndre Hopkins. Um, that kind of thing. What if he wanted to be like, What's the problem? People are going to criticize, "Oh, you're spending too much like time, you know, and I think it's something that you and I have talked about with Baker Mayfield is like you can talk, it's okay to talk like you sh- you should be good, you should be really good. but also when you talk you're you're exciting people, so when you do fail, there's going to be a lot more people that have an opinion about you now. When you're quiet, like it's not a lot of people will have an opinion about you. When you're loud, a lot of people will have an opinion about you.
1: Absolutely. I think uh, speaking of criticisms, speaking of coach firings too, I think we have to talk about Sarah Fuller and Vanderbilt. Um, so, Sarah Phil- Fuller uh, becoming the first female to ever kick, to ever uh, appear, I believe, in a Power Five football game. Um, she did so as a kicker. Uh, Vanderbilt is so horrendous, though. Obviously, going into the game, everybody was expecting her to uh, be able to kick a field goal. But Vanderbilt is so bad. They went into the game 0-7, obviously left 0-8 after getting shut out. um, She was never even going to have a chance to kick a field goal. So they brought her out to start the second half um, to do the kickoff. And she did uh, lots of debate on whether or not it was a squib kick.
0: It was 100% squib kick.
1: Yeah. And I just don't understand fully – um, well, before we get into that, I just want to say congratulations to her. Um, of course. But, yeah, a lot of, a lot of debate on that. And I just feel like it was pretty – I just feel like was it not obvious enough that it was supposed to be placed there and she placed it exactly there? If, if it was a terrible kick, it probably wouldn't have gone anywhere good or it would have gone out of bounds or something. But she really placed it there. And I just feel like that was lost on too many people. And I think the people is primarily lost on were the people that didn't want it to be good anyway.
0: I, I mean, I agree. I agree completely. And I mean, obviously, wonderful for her. It's awesome. Great story. She did great. You know, I, I it took weird, weird circumstances to get this. Um, but I'm going to treat her like a football player for a second. And I'm actually going to give her – some criticism I think she mishit the ball I think it was supposed to I think you know she had about five maybe maybe five more yards in her five yards short than what she could have done because I think she's kicking again this week and I think she'll do it again um I don't know if the punter might kick off I I don't know she did awesome uh No, the halftime speech at the, at the half. Okay. I don't know about that one, but like she did wonderful. And there were so many tweets of like, and whether they were true or not, because so many people do like my five-year-old did this, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it's like, Hey, my daughter came down It's like, Hey, what's going on in the Vanderbilt game? Like, that's really important. Like what she did was awesome and it's not easy to do. People do think I was listening to Pat McAfee. A lot of what I'm going to say when it gets to technical comes paraphrased from Pat McAfee. Uh, And he says, it's just, it's different. He, He grew up playing soccer one. Like it's like, it looks easy to kick a football. It's really hard to be really, really good at it. To have that explosion off the foot. It's just so different. And one of the reasons why he thinks that uh, when she did kick off, it was uh, somebody was there holding it. It was not on a tee. And what he said is is along the lines of with soccer, with what she was doing and the way she kicked all of her soccer goal kicks, she's driving through the ball, like very much through the ball. Where with, um, with, when, when it's raised up and you do that, she's, she would just pop it up a little bit. It wouldn't quite, Sale as much as you think you would do it so keeping it low allows you to more or less like really successfully punch it out and that's what she did like i don't like what what did they, what did they get down at like 32 so like all right what if they like they fair catch it like 80 percent of the time so like sarah fuller if you want to get really really critical with her really 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 critical with her you're going to tell her you're going to say like all that criticism is worth seven yards like if you want to get critical with her she lost seven yards I don't think that's very critical you get a lot of people give up touchdowns a lot of people do a lot worse than that uh, look at that video after ever when uh, the Chicago Bears the double doink and then they had like regular people kicking it they got it like five feet off the ground like this is incredibly incredibly impressive like and good for her she was a charismatic person who was able to do it she was able to do it well, and you know, I she went on a little bit of the tour junket, and I think again, I think she's playing again this week. Is she yeah, not? she's
1: on the team's travel roster to Georgia, I believe, which is going to be even a more horrendously lopsided game. But so again, um, anybody that's that's uh, hoping to see her go out for a field goal, I'm not quite sure that will succeed. It might be another start of the second half kickoff, or it might be the opening kickoff of the game. Who knows? But, I mean, very, very likely that Vandy doesn't even get in field goal range again. If, um, but, nonetheless, I, she's on the travel roster, and she was listed. Um, you know, Vandy released in their game notes the depth chart the other day, and she was listed as the only kicker on the roster. So, again, they do have the punter. Um, but you would you would normally expect um, in, like, a game notes depth chart if – a punter is going to assume kickoff responsibilities. You would normally um, expect them to list the punter as the place kicker in the depth chart. Um, he would just be double listed as punter and place kicker, but he's but he wasn't, she's the only one listed on there. So um, I'm not quite sure what that entails, but she will be on the travel roster. She just finished winning an sec championship in soccer. And now she's immediately traveling again with, with a college football team. So it's pretty crazy.
0: Almost oh, very crazy. And again, she's handling it. Wonderful. Part of me. And I don't know what, I don't know. It's it, a part of me is conflicted. Uh, not conf- is, is conflicted on whether I want to see her attempt an extra point or a field goal. Not because I want her to fail not because I don't want it to ever happen. Her kicks, when she was warming up, they were low. They were low. And then Pat McAfee even kind of was like, yeah, they were low. I, I don't think those get off. I think every one of them had a pretty decent chance to get blocked. They were low. There's nothing other than that. So I don't want to see like, cause there's nothing worse than the people that are like, oh, she's a girl. Oh, I hope she gets like, look, hit her, hit her in the head. You know, like I don't want to give them fodder because like, they're so annoying. Like they're the worst. Nobody wants to hear that. Like, nobody wants to see like no one wants to see her fail and like again i don't want to be too critical cuz i hope she does it like prove me wrong please but i don't i don't want like to see somebody set up to fail if that makes any sense or if that sounds awful
1: no it makes perfect sense and with her kicks being low i mean if you i mean you were you were a goalkeeper at one time albeit at the at the youth levels but um when you're setting up for a goal kick, again, you're driving through the ball. And that, those, it's not, it does not need to get off the ground as quickly as a football field goal does. It really doesn't. I mean, a lot of those times, those balls have a very low angle going up, and you're truly driving through it. Um, but it's totally different with a field goal. And, and to be honest, like, she had four days to learn how to do that when her entire life, when she's kicking off, there's, I mean, in soccer, you're not even allowed to be within however many yards of the goalkeeper when they're kicking off. And so you really are not concerned about that in the slightest. And then she has four days to adapt to kicking a completely different shaped ball doing so and, and doing so to get it up over 10 people that are rushing a field goal and, Some of those guys up front are six, six. It's a, it's a lot to learn. And so I think it's no surprise that her, that her kicks were lower. And, you know, in her mind, her probably her only goal was getting it through the uprights. That's your first and foremost goal. But again, if you really think about it and you don't really think about it too much because the, any kicker, any kicker that does that as a profession knows how that they have, their first priority actually is to get it up over the line. It's got to get in the air. And so I can see where she might go in, you know, just concerned about making it through the uprights, but it's got to get over that line. And that's so tough for her. And so I, I want to see her be able to attempt one. And again, there's a lot of people that would just love to see it blocked or for her to, it to be short or her to miss it or really anything to go wrong. I mean, sh- shoot, she, she executed a perfectly good kickoff, and it was still criticized. And so, really, anything actually goes wrong, it's going to be a shit show on social media. But now that she's got a full week with the team of just nothing but special teams practice, and it becomes less of the, uh, the buildup to being the first person to do it, and now she kind of gets to hone in on um, executing more. She doesn't have to be – she's not really taking the field, you know, with this idea of making history anymore, which she has. She would be if she attempted a field goal, but she's taking the field with the idea of executing for the team now. Um, and I think another note that we should definitely talk about, and you mentioned it earlier, was her halftime locker room comments. And I'm, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on
0: that. I'm not for it. I would never do that. I would never do it. Um, Like, I I want, I think a lot, like, again, part of this is from what I've heard from myself and part of it is what I've heard from a guy like Pat McAfee and how he says, and kind of the thing that I share is I don't think, like, people don't get to talk. You have to earn the right to talk. Like, you don't because then you come off as just very disingenuous and, you know, you need to, you know, you need to kind of warm up to people a little bit. And like she was making a bunch of rah-rah stuff and it was awesome. And like, it was just hated to be in that locker room because there are so many guys in there that are just saying like, shut up. And she's trying her best. She's trying to do it. I would never, I would not do it. It's not, I would think just because like, I don't know, I wouldn't feel like I was fully part of the team. If I like take away the fact that she's a girl, completely take away the fact, like I am the fill in kicker. That's who I am coming from the fill in kicker. I don't think you make a halftime speech. Like you can criticize people if you want, but like, don't step up in front of the whole team it's just it's a really awkward look
1: and i agree with that and i've got a counterpoint to it and i'll offer some uh justification or reasoning for for her doing that um but really i on one hand 100 percent, in any team dynamic you have to earn the right to make to really speak in front of the team, but also to speak in that way um, and call the team out, <laughs> it's pretty ballsy. And it, it takes it. You don't have to be a leader on the team, but you've got it. You have to have earned that right. And it's, it's possible that in that week of practice for her showing up and making field goals and practice and, and um, you know, her personality, it's possible that she did earn a lot of, I mean, she did earn respect from the team, but it's possible that she felt empowered to do that just by the way the team had grouped around her. Um, So it's possible. It's very possible that she had earned that respect Um, because a typical kicker coming into a roster would not have that respect. A typical freshman, most of the time, even if you're a stud freshman coming in, you still have to earn it and you might not get it for a little bit. So, it's possible that she felt empowered to do so because when she came into that team with all the criticism, all the pressure, and she came in and she acted like a pro. Like I saw the videos of her at practice and after she's kicking and walking around, um, I mean, she had a swagger to her and she had a confidence. And really the only uncertainty I saw in her when she's walking around in those videos is really just like, holy crap, I'm on a football field right now. But in terms of uh, her overall, like, vibe, it seemed pretty confident. And maybe that was something that the, the team really respected and she earned that respect. Um, but what I was going to say about why she would have made comments like that and why she would have called out the team and tried to get the team rallied up is because she's a winner. She, I mean, shoot, she was a week removed from winning the SEC championship with Vanderbilt. And Vandy's a perennial top 25 women's soccer team. And so she's not used to losing. She's not used to getting their asses kicked. That's not something that Vanderbilt does in soccer. And so it's kind of a, a quick turnaround with going to a football team and playing with a football team now that is terrible for their conference. It really is terrible. And it's not a good product. The university doesn't back it. And it obviously there was, there was enough lethargy in the locker room and on the sidelines in that first half where she felt the need to say something about it and call the team out. And so she may have felt empowered to do that. And she was definitely frustrated, I think, because that's not, she has not been on a team like that. She's just not used to that. And it probably pissed her off a little bit and maybe part of it came from the fact that she really wanted to kick. Um, part of it was also, she might've you know, been a little, been a little trigger happy and been a little bit on edge just because of all the ridiculous hate that she received before she even put the helmet on. So a lot of things I think contributed to it, but I think the biggest reason was she was probably just pissed off because the team's getting their asses handed to them and and she may not have been seeing any sort of fight on the sidelines. I mean, shoot, there definitely didn't look like there was fight on the field and it probably pissed her off more that the sideline was just totally silent. And so she felt the need to step up and say something. And I will say this before, you know, I want to hear your thoughts about what I just said, but I will say this. I think something like that, could directly could have directly uh, impacted Vandy's coach getting fired the next day, because that at the end of the day, the athletes need to be as an athlete, you need to be accountable with each other and holding each other accountable. But a coach needs to also be doing that, and a coach needs to be the first one to be stepping up in that locker room and talking to the players. Um, and it it doesn't look good guy or girl if somebody has been on the team for four days and they're taking the lead on that because i saw some comments that said i would be so pissed if i was a player in that locker room or a senior in that locker room and or one of the captains in that locker room and you're having to listen to this but In all actuality, if you're 0-7 Vanderbilt and you're getting shut out in the first half to the other worst team in the conference, those seniors and those captains and those locker room leaders obviously have not been doing the best job all season long. Uh, Obviously, talent-wise, Vandy's already at the bottom, so your attitude is not necessarily going to win you games. But you can't have a lethargic sideline for seven games of getting your ass kicked and then be mad that Sarah's standing up and calling out the team. You're already here. This isn't the first game of the year. That would be a different story, but you're 0 seven, you are terrible. And it's, it's happening again. You're getting your ass kicked again. Obviously things have not changed throughout the year.
0: Yeah, and I think what you were saying along with the seniors and whatever the, the leadership on that team, clearly they've moved on. Like, they moved on halfway through this season. They wanted nothing to do with this season. Like, again, it shows when you watched it. They had no energy. Like, again, the team checked out. The coaches, I I mean, yeah, I think it was time for those coaches to be fired. Um, again, with all that being said, Sarah Fuller, one of the great things that if, you know, by her doing this, she is, and what you said, she's a winner. She's unapologetically Sarah Fuller. That is who she is, that she clearly obviously doesn't turn it off. And that's awesome because again, she's a D1 athlete. Like she's doing just fine. She's got a pretty good mindset, I would say. Um, the, just, It's just the one thing that I will... You know, I, I like to preach for myself, I like to preach for others, I like to preach for everybody, is just self and situational awareness. Um, and I think that was the one thing that was lacking. Like, Again, I can wrap my head around why she wanted to do it. I can wrap my head around the frustration. I can wrap my head around all that. I don't know if I can like wrap my head around pulling the trigger on making the speech. It's very cringy, I would say. And it's very, like, kind of get a little bit of this guy. I mean, that's beautiful. That's awesome. She's awesome. She's an awesome human being. And by me saying that I don't think I personally would have done it, I'm not, like, that doesn't disparage her. She should still do it. She's unapologetically Sarah Fuller. Continue to be that. I personally wouldn't think about making the speech. And, again... Those coaches need to go. Those coaches need to go. They were not good. I don't know if Derek, was his name? Derek, his name wasn't Derek Fisher, was it? I forget what his name was. He had somebody, he had a name that reminded me of somebody bigger or whatever. But, I mean, he got fired, and he deserved to be fired. That team had nothing. It's a COVID. Like, I know some teams are getting a little bit of a pass because it's a COVID year. It's a weird year. I don't know but that was nothing. You lost that team. There was nothing going to be built there. Nobody, I mean, that team quit. That team really, really quit. And it was, I mean, it's something to watch. I mean, I mean, cause watching a team quit in front of your eyes, I mean, it's weird. It's a weird thing to watch a team just not try or just not be in it. And like, I don't think anybody like, ran off the field no one ran on and off the field they were like i mean going through the motions to say the least it was a bad football game it was a really bad football game and i don't know who they you just told me they play georgia that's going to be a bad football game that's are they uh, at georgia they're at georgia do they have fans uh i would have to imagine i think most i don't know i hope the goodness that they don't have fans I hope they don't have fans. I hope they're nice to her because that I can see things getting ugly and like my fans wise and she doesn't deserve that. Like she because uh what was it? It was um again, I'm gonna quote Pat McAfee again. He said, like he's like, I don't get why anybody would be hating on her. Like I just don't get it because like the difference between this and a story like Rudy. And people like Rudy, even though they shouldn't like Rudy. But Rudy was, like, calling the coach up, being like, give me a shot, give me a shot, give me a shot, give me a shot, give me a shot. shot." Like, give me a shot, give me a shot. They called Sarah Fuller. Like, she wasn't, like, pursuing this. They came to her. So, it's just I don't get why you can be upset with her for, like, they were like, yeah, we want to bring you in. And then they chose her. How, how Why? How can you be mad at her, okay? like If you want to tell me, oh, I'd rather just have the d lineman do it, why? Like, why? Why have the d lineman go do a squib kick that, oh, maybe he might kick it a little harder, but it's going to bounce everywhere. Like, she has an idea of what she's doing. Like, and also, how many college kickers can boom it, like, out of the end zone? Let's get real here. Most of these kicks are a little high, but – they get fair caught at like the 10 yard line. Okay. This one went down at like the 32. Again, we're talking about seven yards. Let's relax.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. She, she was not knocking on the door to do this and asking for this opportunity. She was asked. And I think that that's something that's lost on a lot of people is that you can't, you can't be just grabbing somebody the day before just a random student or putting an ad out and saying, Hey, is anybody kicked? Like, did anybody kick in high school? You not only do you need to get somebody eligible and get somebody on an NCAA roster, but which is easier because she's already an athlete, but you need somebody that has been getting tested, been getting COVID tested. So which she has probably just like us here at tech three times a week. So she's already in a testing routine. She's an NCA registered athlete and she's got kicking experience. She can, she can execute what they need her to execute because she can play under pressure. She's not somebody that kicked in high school that didn't kick for three years that would be that would be a really really stupid thing to do and people are like surely there's somebody on campus well by that reasoning then at that point you're probably just assuming that all you need to do is kick it far you're you're really not looking at it from a, a technical or logical uh standpoint because of course like you might be like oh somebody could just come in and kick it farther there probably is somebody on campus that can kick it far down the field but are are you is that somebody that plays at a high level that plays a sport at a high level and is used to pressure and is used to kicking and being able, like goalkeepers don't just kick the ball and just blast it down the field every time there are goalkeepers that goalkeepers sometimes need to drop a ball in between a couple of defenders and it's placed perfectly. So she can come in and execute what they need her to execute. And if that is dropping the ball in a certain place, then of course, like they're going to offer her that opportunity. It wasn't, this was not, I don't think a publicity stunt as so many people are saying. Um, although the social media team at Vandy certainly took advantage of it, obviously as you should. Um, of, of course. I think I, I think I mentioned to y'all that I went through their social media from that, from the second half on, and they, they had 21 tweets and three of them were about the game itself. All the rest were Sarah Fuller. They did not even post a final score graphic. And, and they got away with that. Of course, they're going to get away with that. Um, but when it started, I don't think this was anywhere near a publicity stunt. If I, I, would, I would be very curious to see how it worked. But if every special teams person here at Tech went down, it's possible they would ask, uh, somebody from our soccer team. We have a girl on a soccer team who was the first female in Texas high school history to kick. She kicked extra points regularly for South Lake Carol, which wins the biggest division state title every year in, in football down here. It's a huge, huge football school. And she kicked their extra points and she kicked some field goals too. And she made a 53 yarder in practice. I talked to her about it. And so I would think that if everybody went down for tech, it's possible that they reach out to this girl, Maddie is her name. And so it just like confuses me that people, I think people, like I, I think I said it in the beginning, it really is at the end of the day, I think most of the people that this is lost on and the reasoning behind it and not only her kick, what, what she executed, but the general idea of selecting her I think the people that this is lost on are people who don't want to see her succeed. And it's going to be lost on no matter what, because there is no explaining it because they're at the end of the day, they're not wanting to see this succeed. They're not wanting to see this for whatever reason, perceived infiltration of women in football. It's it's not like, I don't understand this fear of seeing a woman do something like this. So um, the people that this is lost on, it's being lost on them on purpose. They're not, they're not actually lost. They're just not wanting to listen or reason with this.
0: Yeah, and I think that one thing that's lost on a lot of people in general about a lot of things is that, you know, this is a large scale thing. It's a large scale. Right now, like people equate like a quirky problem and a quirky solution to being a publicity stunt. I don't think that this was, I mean, like, obviously they capitalized on it. Obviously, like, it turned into publicity and it turned into a lot of publicity, but they, like, I don't think they did it for the sake of publicity. Because if you're going to do it for the sake of publicity, why doesn't, like, Akron do it every year? Why doesn't, like, the the awful, awful teams do it every year if it's, like, that good of a publicity stuff? I think that this was a perfect storm uh of unfortunate circumstance. You know, like like I said, I don't think it can be understated more how perfect of a situation it was. All the students got sent home, all of them, none of them are on campus. All right. So because guess what? I do think you like like we've said in a lot of other normal quote unquote years situations, there's somebody on campus that kicked, like in high school that was could have walked on somewhere. And the coaches know about the kid. Um, like that, that guy exists. All right. He's out. They're done. Okay. All right. We have three kickers, including like a practice squad guy. And we have like this, they're all gone. Every single one of them. All right. Oh, we'll just go to the men's soccer team. We don't have a men's soccer team. We got her. We have her. This is what we have. Okay. That's what we need. Okay. So we're gonna take her. We're gonna take her with open arms. We're gonna it's gonna be great. We're gonna market the hell out of it. I don't think it was a publicity stunt. I don't. Like you said, um I like again, to define publicity publicity stunt? No. They didn't do this for the sake of publicity. They did it because like kinda of they had to. And two, it's gonna work. And it did work.